And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Minute Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our featured guest returns for the second time. His articles are nourishment for your mental health and your soul, because this gentleman has a lot of great insights about freedom and how freedom apparently is uh, getting stronger. I mean, it's an echo of the interview we did with Larkin Rose a few weeks ago. So there's a lot of hope. So get ready for, for some hope and a great perspective there. But if you look what's going on, at least in the U.S., I mean, compared to Canada, compared to some of these other countries, we have it a lot better. I mean, those other countries, they're completely locked down and they're in hyper tyranny, whereas things are opening up. But I got to ask yourself, is it because of a tireless minority of people that have been fighting really hard for freedom? Or is it because these idiots that are running everything have just screwed up so much? So I like to think it's a little bit of both, but I, I do see a tireless minority of people pushing and really um, allowing things to happen. So for those of you out there that are waiting for some big collective uh, wake-up moment where everyone's going to wake up and all stand united, I don't think it's going to happen. I think these people that are going to wear masks, they're going to continue to do so. And hopefully they'll just drop out of the gene pool because I'm, I'm just tired of them. I'm sure you're probably sick of seeing those people uh, you know, wear the mask in the car and wear the mask when they're on the treadmill. I mean, it's comical after a while, but after a while you're just like, hey, can you just freaking get out of the goddamn gene pool for God's sakes? You're ruining my scenic view. So hopefully that'll happen. But for those of you out there that have been fighting for freedom, whether you are writing or uh, sharing articles or supporting great sites like Activist Post, you know, Thank you for all that you do, and I just think that, you know, the tireless minority, uh, let's just stick together and let's just continue to fight for freedom because you can push back very successfully. These tyrants are, uh, you know, they're, they're evil, and they'll do whatever they can to control and ruin our lives, and they definitely, you know, got a lot of idiots under their control, but we don't have to succumb. We can just stand strong and uh, keep up the good work, so let us begin tonight's show. It is a great joy to welcome back to the show Brandon Smith. He is the founder of Alt Market, and you can learn more about him by going to his website at alt-market.us. Brandon, welcome back to our show. Uh, thanks for having me back. Thank you. I have to tell you that I read your articles on a regular basis, and you tend to be at least three or four months ahead of everything else. Like you, you write an article, and then about three or four months later, it'll happen. I think you're like kind of like a mini Nostradamus going on there. But one of the articles I read recently was that I guess the the elites failed with this pandemic or pandemic. They they tried to do the financial reset, and it didn't happen. Can you please elaborate on that? And what do you think has happened? Where do you think things are headed? Uh, well, you know, to be sure, when, when, you know, when I say that the reset failed, at least in the U.S., I'm, I'm mostly referring to, uh, you know, the flyover states <laughs> as the, 
the liberals like to call it, um, mostly the red states. And I see that as a failure because I, I believe that the the globalists, I think they assumed that the vast majority of the U.S. would be uh, under lock and key by now as far as the COVID mandates and the restrictions and the vaccines and the masks and all of that. But I, what they're finding is that a lot of uh, red states are now in defiance. Um, they're not complying with the mandates. Uh, they're even passing laws that are contrary to the reset agenda. Um, you know, those in, like in Montana, for instance, we've had multiple laws passed which prevent uh, vaccine passports, which end the lockdowns, which uh, end the mask requirements, all, all of that. Uh, we've also, I think, even passed a law which prevents any future uh, federal um, uh, gun control laws that uh, being enforced in Montana. So there's a there's Montana's kind of I think you know the the leading edge or the the tip of the spear as far as all of this goes right now. But there are a lot of red states which are are following what we're doing and uh, they're passing similar laws or they're they're working on similar laws. So this is completely the opposite I think direction of what the the globalists thought was going to happen in the U.S. Um, you also have, you know, uh, of course, it, around half the country, uh, it's hard to to tell if the, stat the uh, statistics on the vaccination are correct or not, but probably around half the country is uh, vaccinated or has received the, the so-called vaccines at this point. But, you know, uh, a large portion of the country has not, and uh, you can see it, you can see uh, their panic in the amount of propaganda they're they're uh, pushing in commercials. They're uh, trying to bribe people now in multiple states to get the vaccine. Uh, I think I even saw uh, one instance where a state was trying to give people free beer and and free lottery tickets. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, oh, you know, uh, get a do get a shot, drink a beer, and like. Jeez, really? I thought the, you're not supposed to drink alcohol when you have it, and then the the free donuts every day, and ah, are they, are they really desperate? Is that is that desperation? I believe it's desperation. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that they're. I mean, it really reeks of desperation to me. Anyway, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it just seems like uh, they're really trying hard to to use every trick in the book to get people to. Uh, take these vaccines, and it's just not happening, and the vaccination rates are, are dropping off quite a bit. So um, <clears throat> I think at this point now, really their only option will be to use, try to use force or intimidation to get people to, use, or to take the vaccines, and that will probably be done through the implementation of, of vaccine passports. And as we've just seen in uh, states like Oregon, uh, they are now officially uh, enforcing uh, vaccine passports. They're pushing uh, businesses to demand to see proof of vaccination just to enter those businesses and as a customer. So that in the blue states, this is a huge problem. Um, those states are not free. But in the red states, there's uh, quite a bit of freedom, and that's not what the globalists want. And I'm, yeah, I'm surprised about Oregon. And I wonder if the because we had talked the last time we spoke maybe about four months ago 
about a massive migration that was occurring. Has this migration actually surprised you in any shape or form? Have you kind of gotten a more clear perspective on where state where people are moving from? Because when they see, what I get concerned about is you have people that are you know pro government and they're pro tyranny. And they move out of their state that they destroyed, and they move into another state that become like a like a parasite in that particular state. So I'm wondering if if we're going to see that, if we're going to see that they, these other states that are originally red get infected with people who are trying to do it. I don't frankly, I don't care if it's a blue state or a red state. I just care about if a state where you have people that don't want to infringe upon you. So just getting back to your question, though, what do you see? Though, what do you see the migration working on? Uh, well, I, I mean, as far as the 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 relocation, this mass relocation or migration is concerned, I, you know, I kind of figured it something like this would happen anyway uh, with a, an economic decline, um, you know, which is why years ago I was telling people to, if they're going to invest, that they should invest in uh, rural, rural properties, rural land, because uh, rural properties would be highly valuable in this kind of crisis situation. Um, but uh yeah i i and i i i think in 2014 i mentioned in um an article during the the ebola scare that it would be likely that people would leave uh you know major cities in mass in order to get away from uh restrictions and and lockdowns and uh just to get away from possibly other people you know who are who are sick but uh in the case of covid you know that's that's not really a big risk, you know. I think um, most people are realize, realizing now that the COVID is not a threat uh, to your health. And I, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, at least according to independent studies, 99.7% of people outside of nursing homes are not susceptible to the virus, at least in terms of mortality. So that's, <laughs> you know. Um, if you're a part of that 0. 0.0, you know, 3.026% or 0.26% of people, then I don't know, maybe a vaccine is a concern for you, but for the majority of us, I, there's no point in a vaccine for something that you're going to easy, easily survive anyway. Um, it's, you know, in terms of, I guess, leftists coming to red states and bringing their politics with them. I'm not really seeing that. In fact, um, you know, because I keep, I keep hearing people bring up this concern, and, uh, you know, at least in Montana, the, most of the people that I've talked to that have moved to my area are conservatives that, you know, they lived, they just happen to live in a state that's run mostly by Democrats, um, like California, Illinois, New York, um, and their families have lived there, you know, for generations, and they're they're you know generational conservatives, and they just liked to stay near where their family home was, and now it's just become so intolerable as far as the leftists' uh, politics that they finally decided to relocate and migrate, and they're coming to red states. Um, I did some research as far as the you know the leftists that are moving and there are, there are a lot of leftists moving out of the cities but they're moving about an hour or less away from the cities that they originated from so for example um if you look at the stats for U-Haul U-Haul tracks people moving out of places like San Francisco 
And uh, 80% of the people that moved from San Francisco stayed within about an hour of the city. They just moved to the suburbs or they moved closer to places like Sacramento, something like that. They're not – leftists don't move far from from the places they're familiar with, um, mainly because they already think those places are mostly perfect anyway. They They see – Leftists see California as a utopia. They they think it's great. Oh yeah, ninety uh, percent tax rate. Oh, it's wonderful. Can it please have yeah. some earthquakes? Ninety percent tax increase, please. Wildfires. I don't know. Oh, they love it, and even it's uh, it's fascinating actually. The the um, the handful of uh, you know leftists that are that live in my area. Uh, they're all over Facebook complaining about the lack of restrictions, the lack of uh, people wearing masks, and the the lack of people getting vaccinated. And they're talking about leaving this area. They want to go to places like Oregon. Like I, 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 there's been several people on the local Facebook talking about going to Portland because they feel safer there. If you can believe that. You know, I don't know if because I, I unless we were talking what it was like where you were, but in North Carolina, I, I didn't wear, I mean, I haven't worn a mask in a while, very long time, and I never covered my nose with it, but as soon as they released the mask mandate, still to this day, about 90 to 95% of the people walk in this store with the mask on. It's like the, the security blanket. I cannot understand and figure it out. Do you think that a vast majority of people in the country are mentally and physically capable of handling genuine freedom? Is, it, is this freedom something that, that people can't comprehend at this point? Has it been so irreparably damaged by the government, by uh, their, their fellow peers? And what's your perspective? Well, I think, uh, you know, I know in, in places like North Carolina, there there is a predominance of leftists and leftist control, and it, it really depends on where you live. So... If you live near a major city, you're probably going to see a lot of people in compliance. Uh, the masks themselves, I don't know if they're necessarily a good litmus test for who is, um, you know, who believes in freedom and who doesn't. Because I'm, I've been hearing a lot of cons- a lot of conservatives in some of these states are wearing the masks just so that nobody knows that they're a conservative. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> because they're worried about the mob. They're worried about oh being God. ganged up on. Um, unfortunately, that's that kind of, you know, that's that gray man mentality, that blending in mentality. And I, I think, unfortunately, that help, that actually helps the problem. It, it it creates more of a problem. Really, what, what everybody should be doing is just taking the masks off. If you don't want to wear the masks, don't wear the masks. Um, and you know it's it's understandable or it was understandable to a point at least initially i think a, a lot of people didn't know for sure what if you know what the real threat was behind covid if it really was a killer or not um clearly you know we've had over a year to uh to study it and it's not a threat to the vast majority of people so you know obviously uh, the science does not support the need or the enforcement of the masks. Um, 
you know, and there's numerous independent studies that show that the masks don't do, don't accomplish anything anyway. Um, you know, the most effective masks are the N95s, and even those are, you know, if you're lucky, you get about 80, 80% protection. Um, so it's, it's, it's uh, the science is not on the side of the mandates. So it's kind of pointless for people to be wearing the masks. And, you know, when you look at states like, you know, you look at Montana, you look at Texas, you look at Florida. They, they've um, released, they've removed the mask mandates. They've removed all the lockdowns. Um, nobody's social distancing in these states. Uh, and you, what, what do you see? You see falling uh, uh, infection rates and falling uh, death death counts. So uh, clearly, the mandates are doing nothing. They did nothing. They accomplished nothing. The science does not support this. So people need to stop uh, wearing the masks. They need to stop following these mandates simply because it's perpetuating a lie. I agree. And I'm curious. It's weird that why – I wonder why the mask mandates were suddenly dropped in the U.S. But then you look at – Australia, you look at Canada, you look at Britain. They're they're living in prisons. They they, they are in total tyranny, and I, I can't imagine that in the U.S. Uh, the government or the, the governors suddenly decided out of the kindness of their hearts to do it because I think they're just a bunch of power happy you know, ego trips, whatever they want to do. I don't imagine that they would do this willingly. Do you think that there was there had to be some kind of groundswell, or they realized that if they didn't do something, that there was going to be a full fledged revolt? I'm just curious why it, it abruptly just happened. Yeah, yes. if you look at, uh, you know, numerous countries in Europe, especially, you know, if you uh, go across the ocean to Australia, you see uh, a huge difference in terms of enforcement. I mean, Australia, they just had, they're, they're having another lockdown in Victoria, I believe. Um, uh, Seven million people under lockdown because they found uh, 26 uh, positive COVID positives in that region. So, you know, there. If you if you want to see the future, if you're not willing to fi- fight back, the future will be that. You know, the future will be in the, in the U.S. will be just like Australia, where they find a handful of COVID positives and they lock down an entire state or an entire uh, region of the U.S. Um, for just for a handful, and they, they will claim that that is rationale enough, that that is excuse enough for them to do it. Um, the the big difference between all of these places and the U.S. So there's there's really one one huge difference, um, and that's that in the U.S. we are massively armed. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the the big difference here is that uh, there is the danger of uh, massive rebellion. Uh, there's a danger of a, of a huge, uncontrollable rebellion if they try to continue with these enforcement techniques the way the way that they are. So I think they're going to uh, shift over to a more incremental process. And in the U.S. specifically, I think they're going to focus on uh, corporations trying to enforce. Uh, vaccine passports through their businesses or through their their chains through the big box stores uh the colleges are going to try to do it hospitals are going to try to do it 
where they demand vaccine passports, otherwise you can't enter the, their premises. Um, this is sort of a, uh, you know, it's definitely a subversive strategy because the argument there, you know, will be, oh, well, these are private businesses, therefore they have the right to, you know, push whatever, you know, mandates they want on their, their private property. Um, however, that's not actually accurate. Uh, it's not legal for a, a business or anyone else really to demand access to your private medical history in order for you, just for you to uh, enter the premises. Um, it's not legal for anyone to to demand a vaccine passport because that's a record of your medical history. So that's one that's one issue. Uh, another issue is that many of these corporations have received a, a huge amount of stimulus dollars and uh, taxpayer dollars through stimulus. Which means that at this point, you know, this includes big tech companies like Facebook and Twitter. Um, these companies are now more of a public utility than they are private businesses. Uh, they're receiving billions and billions of dollars from the government. That's those are our tax dollars that we, that we have to pay for. Uh, you know, that future generations will have to pay for. So I would consider a lot of these corporations public utilities now, and therefore they are not private businesses that uh, are, you know, have the same rights as a, you know, private individual. And if you look at the way things are in the U.S., I guess how the globalists have not been able to achieve their, their total tyranny yet, do you think that the vaccine passports will be able to be pulled off by corporations, being that 11 states have already banned them. I think that they will try to do it through blue states. They'll, they'll try to set a precedent in blue states, and uh, what will happen at that point, um, because they're already, they've already started this in Oregon, or I believe Oregon is the first state to um, codify vaccine passports, into their rules it's not it's not a law as far as uh, as far as i can tell none of this has been even looked at at a, uh, by a state legislature uh, none of it has been voted on by the citizens in these in these states none of these mandates are actually law they're they're what's called color of law which is sort of a uh you know it's a method of enforcing rules by pretending that you've created laws around them when you have actually not gone through the constitutional process of uh, codifying the lo those laws. So this is, this is what's called color of law. Uh, they will claim that it's legal because it's a state of emergency. That's not in the Constitution either. Your, your rights do not suddenly disappear just because uh, there's a crisis in, in, the, in the nation. So uh, I think what's happening is they will do this wherever they can get a, a, a toehold, and that will be in the blue states. Um, and you'll see a complete divergence within the U.S. There will be states that are uh, completely dystopian and Orwellian, and you will never want to visit again. 
Uh, for example, I will never be going to Oregon again after um, the rules that they just passed for the, the vaccine passports. Um, and then there will be states that are the complete opposite, uh, that will be completely free, that will be um, as norm, almost as normal as things were before the pandemic. And at that point, I think what will happen is that the Biden administration will come in and they will try to force red states to comply by removing uh, federal funds. So what they'll do is they'll say, if you don't comply with these uh, mandates, um, we will take away uh, federal funds for uh, food stamps, for example, or we will take away federal funds for disability and, uh, you know, we'll starve you out, basically. And that is, I do see that as a threat because uh, there are, you know, I don't completely trust any politicians, <laughs> um, you know, that are, you know, for in Montana, our, our politicians have done a great job so far uh, and that's um, commendable and we got to con continue to support them in that. But if they're threatened with something like the complete removal, removal of federal, federal funds for Montana, I don't know if they would fold or not. Um, hopefully not. But if they, they stuck by their guns, then there there would be uh, some struggle for a while, and there there are ways to handle that, which which I can get into. Okay. Can you please go into it? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, number one, um, states that refuse to comply, and then the federal government tries to punish them by removing money or stimulus. Uh, those states can take steps to uh, retake federal lands that are within their state borders and then utilize the resources on those lands in order to build industry. So one example would be in the state of Montana, especially in my, <clears throat> my area where I live, uh, the EPA and the BLM have uh, put so many restrictions on logging that the logging industry has completely died in this region. It used to be a, a booming industry in this area, and now it's almost completely dead because of all the federal restrictions. Um, you know, and you consider the fact that lumber prices have skyrocketed in the past year. I, I believe it's 300% or more in the past year on lumber prices. Why are we not logging more in the U.S.? to uh bring down those bring down those prices and and create jobs and bring money to these areas that are that are impoverished you know uh it doesn't make any sense so uh, if the federal government is going to try to strong arm red states like Montana into compliance well we could just take back federal lands and start logging again and the industry would be so massive that uh you know it would completely offset any money we would have lost through uh the federal tax dollars right and we one of your articles it said that okay well they failed with the vaccine they, they failed with covid-19 they failed to, to try, try to push this great reset along what do you think the next big thing that they're going to try to push on us is the next big false flag. You think it's a fake alien invasion? Because then Dr. Greer's talked about that. He said that they're going to plan a fake alien invasion because all this stuff suddenly has come out 
that the government acknowledges, oh, we, we, we see aliens and we see UFOs, and it just suddenly, just abruptly came out. But it's coming out on a consistent, regular basis. So my, my gut feeling is maybe they're going to plant something, or maybe something else. What do you see? Uh, that stuff is really weird. I, I don't know what to think about the the whole the alien thing, but um, I think probably what's more likely is that uh, there will be a uh, either false flag attack within the U.S. or something which helps to expedite uh, an economic crash. So uh, one thing that I'm looking at pretty closely is um, – there is a World Economic Forum conference. Uh, it's sort of a war game that they're holding in July called Cyber Polygon. Um, if people aren't familiar with that, it's it's basically a war game for they they, they act out a uh, mass cyber attack, which would bring down the global supply chain or the supply chain within a specific you know major country. Um, now, this worries me because, uh, if you recall, <clears throat> about two months before the COVID pandemic, there was another uh, World Economic Forum war game uh, called Event 201. And in this war game, they uh, acted out a scenario in which there was a global pandemic. And not just a global pandemic, but a global coronavirus pandemic. And uh, they went through the entire process of, you know, what steps they would take uh, to control the outbreak and what steps they would take to control the population uh, and control information going to the population. Um, now, they had this war game, and then two months later, the real thing happened. So I do not think this is coincidence. <laughs> um, I think that these war games are often uh, designed to precede a real event. So in July, they're having another war game for a major uh, cyber attack. And uh, just not more than a few weeks ago, there was a, a, a supposed cyber attack on that uh, major oil pipeline or gas pipeline uh, going through the eastern seaboard. And that shut down gas for at least a week for a lot of a lot of major cities. Um, that may have been a beta test for something big that's coming either in July or maybe a month or two after after the the meeting in July. Jeez, well, at least we have something to look forward to. No, <laughs> they're always doing that stuff. Every time that there's the, you know, I agree. Like every time they're doing some kind of like military test, oh, we're just doing a military exercise. You know, something awful happens the same day. Same thing, nine eleven would happen in England. You, the short time we have left, Brandon. What are three things that a person can do right away to grow their personal freedom and to actually become more of an asset to the cause of freedom? Uh, <clears throat> well, number one, you need to uh, prepare. Prepare yourself, prep. You need to make sure that you have all the necessities you need for a minimum amount of time. I, I would say a year's amount of supplies, and uh, two years would be better. Uh, number two, you become a producer, uh, which means you you set up the means on your property to produce necessities, not just 
store necessities for yourself, but to produce them and maybe produce them indefinitely. So that, you know, for example, I have, uh, I keep chickens, I keep, I have sheep, uh, I have a huge garden. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I'm 100% self-reliant, but I'm getting there. And uh, I think anybody who, at least anybody who has property, they should be doing the same thing. Um, and, uh, you know, producing also uh, can can mean, you know, learning a skill or a trade. So maybe you learn uh, welding or blacksmithing or you learn how to make make a, a, a necessary item or you learn how to fix necessary items or you you learn how to teach a valuable skill and and you can use that to barter with other people in the event that there's uh, a breakdown in the economy or um you know in the event that vaccine passports are being enforced in your area and you can't go into a a normal store just to get the items that you want um, there has to be some kind of alternative economy put in place for people who aren't going to comply. Uh, otherwise, you know, the poverty is going to force people into compliance, and we we can't we can't allow that. Um, and number three, the probably the most important thing you can do beyond uh, prepping is to organize in your local area. You need to start organizing right now. And I know a lot of people uh, are fearful of this. They're fearful of, um, you know, a lot. You'll, you'll hear the phrase, uh, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Um, well, I would say that the nail that stays down gets stepped on forever. Um, so don't be the nail that stays down. Uh, be the nail that sticks up. You have to you have to take risks in order to uh, maintain your freedom, so, and that means organizing locally. Um, and I, that's something that I've been doing, uh, especially in the past year or so. Um, right around the time that the pandemic uh, started, I started organizing people in my area, and it's it started small. You know, if if you find a venue of local venue that's on the same page as you, it could be a, a church or it could be a restaurant. Or you know a hotel with a a, a big uh, you know conference room. Um, just find a a venue that's on the same page that will let you use their space, and then you put up flyers, you post notices um, on local chat boards, you post notices on Facebook until they they kick you off Facebook. But you you post notices and you get people to come to meetings. Uh, and you discuss organization and and practical steps with the people that show up. And if you start out and you have you know no more than ten, twelve people, you know that's fine. You start with that, and I guarantee after a few months you will see those those groups grow exponentially. So I started out with you know a dozen people and now I've had meetings where there was almost 100 people at the at the meetings and and I live in a small community so that's that's a lot of people um so you know you you need to organize as much as possible and if you do that now uh when th- when it when things really hit the fan uh you'll have that skeleton that structure in place and there will be tons of people that will come looking for you at that point when things really hit a crisis, uh, people will come looking for you, and they will be joining your your group in droves. 
It's awesome. Mr. Brandon Smith, always a pleasure speaking with you. You have a really strong insight and a really consistent uh, train of thought. I mean, really love your perspectives. You can learn more about Brandon by going to his website at alt-market.us. A lot of his articles are shared all over alternative media, especially on Activist Post. Brandon, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me back. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.